welcome to the From the North podcast. Three brothers from the same lodge, three master masons, get together and talk, sometimes about Masonic stuff, sometimes not. Um, this episode, not so much. Let's go around the room and introduce ourselves. Well, you don't know that yet, because we haven't recorded anything. No, 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 it's fully admitted that we are, we have, we are recording this <laughs> after the fact. No, this is, this, for the record, this intro is... <laughs> This is done before everything else. That's my bad. This 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 was, this was recorded when we started. Yeah. Um. I mean. Thank you. We we are starting. I am AC Ransom. Yeah. Th- there we go. Because it's not when we started. Exactly. We've already started. We, exactly. We are starting. So I am yes, AC right. Ransom. Would you? <laughs> I am AC Ransom, um, Master Mason here at Harmony Lodge Twenty One in Logan, Utah. And I am Gary Roberts. I'm the guy who uh, guards the door against uh, Cowans and eavesdroppers. And I usually eavesdrop for a while so I can find out when. It's good for me to enter lodge, usually after about 50 minutes of minute reading. And then I sneak in. I am Jason Lee, Junior Deacon, Harmony 21. I am supposed to remember to bring Gary in when it's time. And I mostly forget. So <laughs> that's right, I forgot. <laughs> so Gary usually just sits outside for a while. I, well, it sounds like he doesn't mind that he gets to miss the minutes and stuff. So yeah, it doesn't hurt my feelers. I'll bet <clears> not. Uh, can we? I just... get a lot of good reading on my iPhone done out in the in the what do you read? Everything. Okay. Whatever I that's want. That's a cryptic answer. Yeah, Ooh. that's scary. Mysterious. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> Mostly work emails. Oh, boo. Oh, yeah. boring. All right, fair enough. Uh, no, right. Beer or coronavirus? I haven't decided. Yeah, I've never had a corona beer. Neither have I. Beer's just not. No, to be honest with you, I've never had a beer. Somebody, <laughs> if, if you're going to start drinking, don't do it, beer, dude. It's so gross. Somebody like that on Facebook this morning, a friend of mine, it was like, the weekend's getting started, had six cases of corona. Holy oh. cases. That's cases. A, wow, that's a solid amount. But I feel like if that's your goal, if your goal is to get drunk, I feel like beer is the bad choice to do that, especially in you. Well, I guess you tell us a little better now, but uh, like it's just a low percentage of alcohol. I feel like if you're gonna get drunk, you go for something that's gonna get you drunk. Something you gotta buy from the state liquor store. Exactly, I, I agree with that. But ought we to get drunk? Because temperance is one of the things that we say we that that we claim to practice as Masons. So I got drunk. So is, so is it okay to get drunk at all as a mason? Um, Fun question. Here's a story. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, we're recording this, right? <laughs> we are. Okay. Um, so I'm all about uh, having like the, the human experience, right? Like almost not necessarily like check boxes, but like there's things I want to do that like I feel like are necessary to like have done in your life at some point. And okay. most of them are pretty mundane things, right? Like wh- whatever. But one of the ones. That, that's been on my... It's not a bucket list. It's like, it's not like I have to do it before I die or something. It's more of a just, like, uh, this is a common human thing. And so, like, getting uh, blackout drunk has always been, like, a goal of mine. No, I'm serious. He's going to go hard at it your first time. No, huh? Yes! He's going to do a right go all the way. No, just get is... yourself some bourbon, some high-proof bourbon, Hold and on. you're good. You're not, you're great, not far great off, man. headache experience the next morning. Oh. Uh, you ever had that, thank goodness? You're not far off. Uh, so... Uh, I had a friend of mine who, like, part of my concern with, I've, I've never been, obviously, super inebriated, uh, and so I, I don't know what I'm going to be like when I am super drunk, and, you know, I've grown up with just, like, when you get drunk, you're a completely different person. Like, everything that you were before is just gone, which I've learned is not the case, but 
I, I was very concerned that I would be like, maybe I'm a mean drunk, maybe I'm a, I don't know, right? And so I wanted to make sure that like the, if I was going to do this, I wanted to do it like with someone that would make sure I don't like pick up my phone and start texting people. You know just mean texting people. <laughs> or, or I'm more like, you know, past girlfriends being like, I still love you. Or like, <laughs> you know, like I do not want that to happen. <laughs> I can't, I can't have that happen. So I had to, again, so there's the, the <laughs> so it's very necessary to have someone to just like, kind of take care of me. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, you want, if you're, if you're going to be um, like, essentially less less conscious in a way you want it's got to be around safe people exactly and so like that was the whole point of this like that was the whole point we were hanging out it was like i knew like going into this like i bought a bunch of alcohols that i was gonna like i've tried a few before but i've never like had more than a like maybe two or three glasses of anything and so i brought like some rum obviously for like coke uh, rum and Coke. I brought Coke too. I brought uh, Kahlua and cream is actually freaking amazing. And I don't even like coffee, but like it was super good. Anyway, so that was that was the objective. I got there. Like I, <laughs> I definitely got there. And my body's not used to alcohol, so of course I threw up everywhere. Like that was part of it too. Oh man! Up until why would you voluntarily <laughs> suffer? Up until like that, that point, you had the full experience. That's yeah, that's part of it. And I went through all of the stages of a drunk. Like, <laughs> I, I went through the stage where they had to hide the alcohol because, like, I wanted to get all of it. I went through this. I, I can just picture this. I went through the stage of where I was just super belligerent. I'm just like, no, I don't need anything. Everybody go away. Um, I went through the stage of, like, super happy that everyone was my friend and I just love everyone. I was super sad at one point. I was super angry. I, I, I covered all the bases. Just the whole shebang. The whole sh- the whole gambit of drunk emotions I, I went through in a single experience. And then I threw up and wished I was dead. And so I'm laying... I'm skipping over a lot of stuff that I wanted, wanted to say about this, but I'm laying in the bathroom. What's like... <laughs> Don't skip it. This is good part. Well, no, this is funny, though. This is, <laughs> I'm laying in the bathroom and... Uh, it's freezing cold, and I'm going in and out of, like, being awake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, I remember certain moments of where I'm just, like, the toilet. I'm just, like, all around that. I'm just, like, this is my life now. This is where I live. And I'm just yelling <laughs> this to nobody. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just, like, I'm just, like this, this is my home now. I'm never leaving because, like, I'm super sick, obviously. But I guess at one point, uh, I finally just, like, laid down and, like, just completely passed out. And then I woke up uh, a couple hours later, and I'm just shivering cold, just free because I'm on a cold bath on the floor. floor. Uh, yeah. So they, so Next they, to the, this warm toilet. Well, so they brought in a dog bed, <laughs> like, like a big dog bed, and she's like, "Just sleep on this." And so I'm sleeping on the dog. Why? Why? Why did you just go to the couch or something? <laughs> Because I was, I was probably belligerent again. It was just like, no, I live in the bathroom. I don't know. That's, okay, fair enough. <laughs> they, who, they who knows what or why? They couldn't get me out, I guess. Or maybe that was just the safest place for me to be. Because I have to throw up you're there. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Um, so they brought me a dog bed. And I'm like laying on this dog bed. Uh, and I don't remember this, but I, some, I wake up at like 2 or 3 in the morning. Uh, maybe it was 4. I don't even know. Uh, but I'm just, I'm in a dog bed. I'm just like, oh, well, that, that was a good, because it was warm. It's like, it was good, and if I threw up in it, oh well, you can just wash the dog bed, it's fine. Mm. But anyway, so then I decided that uh, uh, I wanted to, like, lay on the couch, and so I went and lay on the couch. But then everything was fine after that. 
Um, it was really an interesting experience, though, because uh, everything I did was really just my normal self, just, like, amplified to stupid levels. You can lose all your inhibitions. Yeah, I guess. Just more, I'm just stupid. Uh, I don't know if it's inhibitions. And they were trying to get me onto the couch because, like, uh, I was waving my hands everywhere, and, like, they didn't want me to knock stuff over. And Well, there was this whole thing where, like, I knocked over the coffee cups, like, the Keurig cups, mm -hmm. and then I was trying to sort them for, like, ten minutes. And I was, like, <laughs> drunkenly, like, looking at the, the color of the cup and being like, Okay, this one's gray, and then trying to put it in the hole, and like that was like my whole like that's what I do when I'm drunk. I just sort things apparently. <laughs> but then they were trying, so they were trying to get me on the couch, uh, but I didn't want to get on the couch, and so like I, I like like was like kneeling on the couch or something as someone else was trying to walk in the house, and they're like, "Hey, they're gonna walk in in a second, and you need to like they're trying anything they can do to get me on the couch," and I'm like, "No, it's okay. I'm kneeling here. They'll just think that I'm like." That I'm like praying or something. Then I go, dear God, please give me a pony. <laughs> and that's like, this is drunk Jason, just like wanting a pony. I just want a pony and I want to sort things. No, actually, I think the funniest part is for you at that moment, that was a convincing fake prayer yeah. for, for, for everyone. You know? Like, of course, if you're praying, you're asking for a pony. Yeah, what else are you going to ask for? They'll buy that story. You're like, oh, he's totes praying. I'm going to ask for a pony. That's that's a legit well, prayer. Like, that was my thing. And then they, like, put, like, a table up next to the couch to, like, block me in so that I wouldn't be able to leave. Because <laughs> apparently I was just like, no. And I was just, that was my mad phase, I guess. Um, it was a very interesting experience because even that part, even before the, like, nightmare of throwing up and that whole Sounds thing. like a nightmare. It was bad, man. Like, <laughs> it was really bad. Uh, and I haven't had a drink since, so there you go. Uh, I don't want to drink since, and I can't drink Coke anymore because that's mostly what I drank was rum and Coke, right? So yeah, I guess I'm off Coke now too, which is good. Now I'm drinking <laughs> Pepsi, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> anyways, fun experience. Uh, probably won't do it again. I might get slightly inebriated in the future, but not... Not that extreme. So you drop down. No. Yeah, see, yeah. that's the way I am, too. I mean, I, me, it's all about the fear of loss of control. Yeah, that's, that's why I yeah. will not do any of the other stuff. I just, no. It's the the loss of control thing. I mean, that's the whole, that's the thing I remember thinking the whole time. I've lost control. I've lost control. I've well, lost control. And at the end of that, these two buddies had done other things in their, you know, their previous life as well. In high school, they were high school buddies. And they were like, and at that point, that barrier for them had been crossed. And they were like, dude, we need to go find some marijuana. <laughs> and at that point, all of a sudden, my morals turned on. No, dudes, we can't do that. That's illegal. We can drink all the beer we want, but we can't have marijuana. That's where I crossed that's the where, line. That's where your line is? Okay. That's your line in the sand. <laughs> no, but like, I, I was doing the same thing. Again, this is the first time I've ever been drunk. Like, legitimately. That, that was mine. So and I was doing the same thing. I kept, at first I was telling people, I was like, listen, I want you to know that I'm aware that I'm not acting normal right now. Like, I wanted people to know that I knew that. Um, You're trying to help them understand <laughs> your experience. Yeah. <laughs> But then I was also like, uh, there was a part where I put a bowl on, like, a, that, they had me holding a bowl just in case I did throw up, because uh, that was a very good thing of them to do, because that came in handy. But there was one part where I just, like, put the bowl on my head, and I was just laying on the couch with this bowl over my head, and I just started talking to myself, and no one else. Into this bowl? <laughs> into this bowl. And I'm just 
like, Jason, listen, you know what? You're, you're being ridiculous right now, and that everyone thinks you're a crazy person. You need to calm down. <laughs> and I'm like, part of my brain was still trying to, like, save myself. <laughs> but there was no saving me at that point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Funny knowing what you do for a living. I know! <laughs> But it was just it was just so weird because this is psychiatrist Jason talking to drug addicts. There's a part of your brain is still trying to like be your job for yourself. Well, it was trying it was trying to get things back under control because like again I I, I could tell the whole time and like I was making comments uh, like I have this fun little thing I this is a whole different story but um, I was saying stuff like future Jason is going to be so mad about this that I'm doing this right now that I'm like because I'm like. I'm like, uh, when I would say that, I'm like, future Jason's going to be so mad because he's going to remember this and he's going to be like, oh, you stupid idiot. Why would you do that? And it was accurate. Like, that's so true. Future Jason is mad that I was sorting coffee cups uh, and just like being a jerk <laughs> and that I slept <laughs> in a dog bed, man. Anyways, but uh, it, no, I really liked the, the human experience of like going through that because that's something that so many people... Like, it has happened, right? Like, that's so human. Uh, I'm glad that I didn't miss out on that. Like, I'm glad that I had that human experience and that I had it with someone uh, that was, like, going to make sure I wasn't a crazy person uh, or too crazy. Uh, There's with people that you could trust. Yeah, with people I could trust. And, like, they definitely kept my phone away from me. And, again, there was that one point where, like, they saw that, like, I was past the point of drinking. Like, I had drunk too much. Like, they, they saw that and they were like, okay, we got to get rid of the alcohol. Um, and so they went, they literally went downstairs and like locked it in a safe or something. But while they were away, I was like, no, that's dumb. I want more. And so I go to their cupboards and I like root around for like vodka and stuff. And I found a bottle of vodka. And like, cause drunk Jason. They come back up and walking it all be like, hey, where did you find this? Well, that's exactly what happened. I was like, don't worry. I found the vodka. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just like drunk Jason wanted drunk Jason to never die. Like, every every part of that was like, okay, we've got to keep Drunk Jason going. But also, there was that other part of my brain that's just like, Drunk Jason, you're stupid, and all of this is super dumb. We need to make this stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's the prequel. Oh, so, right. again, uh, the reason why I wanted a friend to kind of watch over me is because I've tried this once before, but I did it by myself. Um, and I, like, hid my phone and, like, put it under a bunch of stuff and, like, I blocked the door. Again, this is going into it with the idea that I'm going to be a different person. So I'm like, what if drunk Jason tries to drive? Like, I got to make sure that drunk Jason can't drive, right? And so, like, I did a bunch of preemptive stuff. Again, not really realizing that drunk Jason would still choose not to drive because he's well, not that stupid. There would be a small chance. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think the drunk you would be that stupid, but there's always a small chance you might get that stupid. Exactly. So I wanted to make sure. I think you have to be stupid before you drink to do that anyways. But well, then that was checkbox. Checkbox. Checks. Um, not that stupid. Good job. Nope, I am. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> it's not a, whatever. Anyways, but I tried this once before, and uh, but I did it by myself. And so I, and following this, I realized that I needed to have that social element a part of it, because that's why, that's part of what makes drinking good, is that social element. Being around people. What I did is I basically just pounded a big old bottle of wine, like as quickly as I possibly could, Oof. to try to get uh, inebriated again. But again, this was by myself. Um, and then I just kind of waited for it to hit and I recorded it and like what happened because I wanted 
sober Jason to be able to go back and be like, okay, let's take a look at what drunk Jason is like. You're such a psychiatrist. <laughs> We're going to write a paper on this one. You are, well, I, was just, I was just curious. You are and such so, a psychiatrist. Well, man. but the problem was, is one, uh, I don't think, I, I, I'm Irish, my, I, or rather I have an Irish heritage, and so I think I have a slightly high tolerance for alcohol, because at that time did not get me very, anywhere near what it was this last time. Um, but I was still definitely drunk, uh, not just not as bad. But all it was was like an hour and a half of me just like, we call it tacting, or just like labeling what I'm experiencing. And so I'd be like, okay, I feel like, like this is literally the video. It'd be like, okay, my face is slightly numb. Um, yep, okay, I, I've noticed that I can't speak very well. I am now going to try to walk. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there, I've, and I, I do like a finger thing. Okay, fine motor skills are a little bit hampered. And it's like, that's all it is. It's like an hour and a half, just me being really stupid. I love how you turn your drinking experience into basically your work. Well, <laughs> well, and... You're analyzing your own behavior while it's going on. And leading, again, leading up to this uh, experience with my friend, uh, I've been slowly increasing the amount I drink when I do drink. Uh, but I measure, I always keep track of how much alcohol I'm consuming to be able to tell, like, okay, I just had three ounces of 40% rum. Uh, what it like, you know, then I figure out how much alcohol that is. And then I go, okay, this is how inebriated I feel. I ask people oftentimes, how, how drunk do you think I am right now? Um, because like, this is my goal. I want to know like, okay, if I get to seven ounces, is that enough alcohol? Is it eight? Is it 8.3? Like, like, and... Isn't this supposed to be fun? <laughs> Jason gets to 9.2, that is, equals drunk. So, again, this the same friend... was good drunk. The same friend just got a new job. Uh, and so we went drinking, and, uh, again, this this was, this was this is a prequel, kind of. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I was doing, and everybody was acting like I was a crazy person. But, like, that's what I do, okay? Like, I'm going to count how many freaking ounces it takes to get drunk. Uh, however, when I didn't do that... Because when I, like, the goal when to get blackout drunk was just to get blackout drunk. So I didn't count my ounces. That was the first time that I actually, like, achieved my goal. So, like, sometimes, sometimes you don't need to count, is what I'm saying. That's the moral of this story. You don't always, to anyone listening, you don't need to count how many ounces <laughs> of alcohol you've consumed. It's okay, you know? Just, okay, just, just to hit your goal. Just, just go. Just go for it. And if your goal is to get you know, slightly inebriated, just just do that. That's fine. And if your goal is to, like, never wake up again, then don't do that, because that's sad. It was good. It was good. Um, that's just an interesting experience, though. But, I mean, from that, I mean, I've had a very similar experience, and in, in, to this day, it's one I never want to repeat again. Oh, I, I agree. I've learned to the point where I've, like, I've experienced it. I didn't like it. Yes. I'm not going to do it again. That's the point. That's the point of this... Uh, I mean, it's not necessarily every single one of them has to be a one and done, I'll never do it again type of thing. But the idea is just to um, I, I not identify what it is to be human, but identify experiences that a lot of humans have and then make sure that I experience that, right? So like skydiving is not on there, right? Because that's not, uh, I, would, I would not actually classify that as like a human experience because you go back to my ancestors of almost any amount of generations ago and like none of them would have ever done that, right? <laughs> Jumped out of a perfectly good plane, <laughs> yeah. or a, or been in a plane. So um, a human experience for you is not so much 
something that's done a lot, but something that just has been a part of human history for yeah, or like part of part of, part of human experience yeah. over the past span of humans. So like, and, like yeah, it's so like and this is this is it. encompassed a lot of different things. Like it even encompasses like religion, right? Like I'm I've read the the English translation of the Quran, for example, because like that's a very prominent book. I've read the Torah. I've read I read the Apocrypha. Uh, I've read like Buddhist things and whatever I can get my hands on. Like I've freaking I've prayed to the Ra, the sun god, like the ancient Egyptian sun god, right? Just to like know, like to try to get that experience. I have when I was a kid, I had like the ancient Egyptian Book of the Dead because like I, I wanted to read that. I do um, want to read that still. It's not great. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, I still have it, but it's not. It's not a page turner. But anyways, and so like for me, it's all about like here's here's a concept like this uh, polytheistic concept, for example. Um, I want to experience that. I want to experience like what it is to like actually believe in multiple gods and like like go all in on it, right? Because that is a thing that for most of or a lot of human history, uh, that's that's what we did, mm -hmm. right? And even to this day, obviously, there's still plenty of religions that have multiple gods or, or a pantheon or, or what have you. Uh, I mean, there's different types. Like I haven't done like Shinto or anything, which is like everything has some kind of spirit or deity. I don't, I don't know much about Shinto to be honest, but again, it's all about just like, what is that human experience? And so some things are like, uh, now I'm just kind of just talking about religious stuff, but there's like ancestor worship, right? There's like, you look at like Gobeki Tepe, uh, I'm sure I mispronounced that really hardcore, but there's a lot of like animals and like, uh, mm -hmm. animal worship, right? And it's just, again, it comes down to this thing of like, I've grown up in a very specific time, but also Utah, right? And in Utah, there's, there's not, there's not one religion. There's obviously multiples. Excuse me. Uh, but there's one that's pushed super hard. Yeah, there's one prominent one. There's one prominent one. Or one um, that known, Utah's known for. One that, exactly. It's multiple wives and, and all that, that fun stuff, which is an experience I have not had. And I feel like that's an important one too. So I need to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> how are you going to work that one out? Say, how are you going to say, you have to wait for when it's made legal or something. The problem is, that's, ex that's an experience you're going to commit to. Yeah, that's, that, well, was, that was a fun experience. Multiple divorces? <laughs> no, that was, that was a joke. But, uh, again. Oh, yeah, of course. But. Uh, no, but, like, so, like, I grew up, and, like, the belief of just one god, uh, specifically like the Christian god or the, the LDS god, if, if you want to get more specific, that was like all I had. Um, and it, what's interesting to me is that, and I don't want to make this like a, a, a thing about uh, the LDS church or anything, but like what, one of the great stories of the LDS church is like Joseph Smith looked at a lot of different churches, right? Like he explored a lot of different options um, before essentially kind of uh, making his own or or depending on your beliefs, uh, however that kind of happened. Mm. But, like, I never did that, right? Like, I basically, to me, I've, all, I've kind of have it as the analogy of I walked into one sandwich shop, I tried one sandwich, and then proclaimed that it was the best sandwich in the world. And that's silly, right? Like, you have to be able, you have to try other things in order to know what's right for you. Uh, and you have to try them wholeheartedly. Uh, like, I'll be real, uh, I, I served an LDS mission, and on the mission, like, I remember both myself as well as other missionaries, like, the Catholic Church was kind of considered, like, ha-ha, that's ridiculous, so they do all this stuff or whatever, right? But, like, I didn't give the Catholic Church, like, a real try. I didn't, like, try to invest in it, so I don't know the value that people get out of the Catholic Church. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, well, then, uh, 
it's an, you, you bring up an interesting point because as I have become a Mason and my thoughts have changed and, and, and I'm in a time period where I'm trying to expand my mind and my experiences, doing what you are have done or continue to do, <clears throat> I've investigated the Methodist Church and the yeah. Catholic Church and I'm I'm really surprised at how rich some of their yeah. ritual is and how beautiful some of the things they are that, that they do. And I want to go, I want to go, I mean, it used to be a tradition of this lodge that we're sitting in that they would go visit as a group of brothers. I love this idea. A, a different church. Oh my gosh. What I've that been meaning to on, do on, that. For Christmas. They would go as, as a I'll group. I'll go to a different Mass or yeah, go or to a, go to oh. go either to the Baptist church or something like that. They would go as a group of brothers and sit in one of their holiday services. That'd I love that, this. That'd idea. be fun for Christmas and and just experience and they experience it. And I was just looking through the through the the minutes that they would send to the Grand Council, and that was in a couple of them. I was like, man, I really want to do that. And and the nice thing about the COVID stuff is you can now yeah i mean there a lot of the local yeah. places here have been uh broadcasting if you will or sh- streaming which is the more appropriate term their services online it's been fun to watch some of the stuff is just absolutely beautiful and you would be surprised how much they have in common yeah. with what we do as masons totally and that's kind of the point that and again, I almost didn't mean to get to this point, but that, that's kind of, I think, where this goes is that's why I've latched on to masonry so much is because it's not, here's a religion, follow this religion, this is the way to heaven, or you're, you're going to hell forever, right? Like, uh, it's very much your journey. It's, right. not, it's not a religion, but it is spiritual, right? And that's, as I've, as I've, again, read this stuff, as I've investigated different, and I've kind of veered away from specific churches these days, and I'm more into, like, uh, different types of belief in different types of divine. Uh, because I do believe there is, there's some kind of divine, but I'm not entirely sure what it is. And so I like exploring that. And again, that's why I like masonry, is because uh, as long as I believe in that divine uh, of any kind, uh, I can have my own kind of personal journey. And it doesn't have to be the the LDS Church's version of my spiritual journey. Yeah, it's again going just. That's why I like Freemasonry so much is because it gets to be my experience. It's it, it, you know if I am LDS, great. Like if that's if that's the road I want to walk down, Freemasonry's fine with that. If it if it is uh, Baptist, if it, I mean even if it is any any religion, as long as it believes in, in some kind of yeah, that's that's what's been um, a valuable part of it for me too. Is your is you're bonded with these people over the common ground or common core of of just being a good person. Yeah. No matter what that means for you, just being the best that you can be no matter what it comes from. Absolutely. And that's, yeah, yeah, I agree. That's a, a huge part of it. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I think there's a lot of, of these days, everything is, you're either on this side or that side. You see it in politics, you see it, I mean, you see it everywhere. And this isn't a new trend for humanity. It's us or them. It's just us doing it over again. Yeah, this is how every period of history has ever been. It's always us or them, right? But um, especially now with like the way the internet works, uh, it definitely feels like you're either, you're either a Christian or you're not, right? Um, and if you're not a Christian, there's this belief of like, well, you can't have good morals then, you can't have good values because you're not Christian. So like, what are your values then? 
Um, and that, that's not saying that Christianity doesn't have good values. What, what I'm saying is that that almost seems like you have to be Christian in a lot of people's minds to be a good person. Um, and again, that's why I like Masonry is because it's not about, uh, most of the time, it's not about you have to be a Christian or you have to be this. It's you have to be a good person first. Um, that's what I like. I wonder if maybe that's why, because not just our lodge, a lot of lodges are reporting seeing an influx of younger men coming in. I wonder if that's part of it. I see this place where instead of being taught polarity, they're taught understanding and loving and, you know, like brotherly love, brotherly love, relief, and truth. Like that doesn't mean, you know, that means no matter what, no matter where somebody comes from. Actually, I did, I did an educational piece on Rudyard Kipling and he got his stuff done in India where they had Jews, they had Buddhists, they had Christians, they had everything in one lodge, and the only time that your religion mattered is that they would make sure that the, that the Jews were served food that they could eat. That the Jewish people. Yeah, and besides that, like, it didn't matter at all to them. And that's not really a peaceful place for those people to meet, but in lodge it was. So I wonder if that's part of what's bringing in the influx of new people, because it's a place of, of harmony. 21. Harmony 21. Lodge. Harmony Lodge 21. 21. Um, and 23 is the one down the street. And 20, 23 is the one down the street. And that might not be why we're seeing new people, but I, it's got to be part of it, is what I think. But who knows? Well, and I, that's that's one of the beautiful pieces about the, the closing of Lodge that I really like. Is, mm. is what is said there, because we're all on the level, all equal, regardless of what we do, what we believe. All right, well, that was our episode this week of the From the North um, Masonic podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you next week. Enjoy well, your week, everybody. See, no, I think that's too much now. I no, because... Just, I think you just ruined it. Because when we do, when when it's organic, we all kind of, like, say goodbye in a way. Because we're just wrapping up a chit-chat. And there is nothing that isn't organic. Ooh, we should certify this podcast as organic. <laughs> <laughs> certified. <That> <laughs> a little sticker there in the corner. Certified organic. That would bring the views. You know what I'm saying? That would bring in the people. Like, <laughs> I, I only consume beef. organic podcasts. <laughs> beef. It's not beef. It's like, not beef. At best, this is celery. Or like some sort of carrot. It can't be celery. because Celery is such a little substance there you that go. you actually lose calories from it. Exactly. See, you get that's, it. That's, 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 that's an insult to our podcast. Oh... Join us next week if you can bear it. The Masonic Celery Podcast. The Masonic Celery. Because really, it's not worth what you put in. It's not worth what you put into it. Man, it's so it's true. terrible, but accurate. <laughs> the host of the From the North Podcast are providing this broadcast as a public service and for their own selfish motives. It is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement of any Grand Lodge, local lodge, or any Masonic body or Freemasonry in general. Any reference to any specific product, subject, or entity does not constitute an endorsement or a recommendation. The rantings, tomfoolery, and views expressed by the guests and the hosts are their own, and their appearance on the program does not apply any endorsement of them, any grand or local lodge, or any entity they represent.